hill above the sea. Power in the voice of us, the corner. But it all amounts to nothing. Together we don't sing. Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dyer. Uh, very, very busy week ahead for your San Diego Loyal and the uh, supporters group uh, coming up. Uh, so we don't want to waste any time. Uh, I'm going to bring on our producer, John Cross. John, hello, sir. Hello there. How are you doing? Well, uh, not so great because um, uh, we lost and... Um, Orange County had a lot of fans there to watch their team win. And as much as we like to talk about going to Orange County and owning them, uh, they came down here and owned us, which uh, is not as fun. No, definitely not as fun. Would have would have been nicer for a different result. But uh, I, I know we have a, another guest host to bring in in a second. But I, I just want to say, as much as I'm frustrated with the loss... I would rather have a hundred or so OC fans in the stadium with us, just like we go up there to create these better rivalry games in the long run, than you know, to have eight people show up. Over yeah, there, which yeah, we've had course. sometimes before. So I, I, you know, frustrated with the loss. I I I really wish we'd have taken those points, you know, with our, you know, to continue on our homestand here, but I they're playing really well. Thomas Among played really well. Had two outstanding goals. You know, there's then and hmm. he, uh, incredible what a little motivation can pay. do to a guy who hasn't uh, been yeah. doing anything all year. Uh, so uh, let's go ahead and bring on uh, our our third uh, our third <laughs> Eric Wilkie. Hayes, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, it was one nothing at the half, and that's all I remember. So I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> that changed <laughs> oh oh get it all right <laughs> yeah so um let me i want to talk about the orange county game obviously but i also want to uh, get some of the scheduling stuff uh, out of the way right at the top because we do have a busy week there are two games coming up we had a game saturday we have a game tomorrow which is wednesday uh the 9th and then we have another game on saturday all at home uh that's a pretty quick turnaround for a team that uh you know has had some injury issues throughout the season um on the other hand there are some new faces on the team who need to get some minutes and some maybe some gel time uh i don't know uh how are we feeling about these this compressed uh week of games and um what are we uh good or bad well you know we, we haven't had a lot of home games recently, and it, they just seemed like they wanted to make up for it and just shove them all in a row here for us. So, like you said, we've got tomorrow, then we've got Saturday. Um, looked like Perez maybe picked up a knock in the first half against OC, and that's why Conway took his spot at wingback. Uh, hopefully, he'll be okay for, if not tomorrow, 
Saturday. But like you said, we got a couple new signings. Uh, excited to see what they can do. Hopefully, uh, you know, score some goals. More than one goal a game would be nice. But, um, you know, we'll just kind of have to see what happens. Okay. Um, I guess we've got to do it and pull the bandit off and talk about what happened Saturday. Um, so one thing I, I do want to definitely say about Saturday is it was a very strange uh day evening night game at Torero um coming off a Sunday day game under the sun that was miserable um but I feel like people turned out for it regardless um compared to Saturday night where um they did not even announce the attendance numbers on on Saturday which is interesting because they usually announce it on the board I if they did I did not notice them announce attendance um 109 certainly looked obviously uh, very thin, uh, much thinner than we are used to. It looked much more like a Wednesday game than a Saturday game, Saturday night. Uh, I know uh, the Dodgers were in town playing uh, a different sport with uh, a local team, and um, uh, the Wave had a game before right. our match. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, John, I know you were there for a little while. I don't know if you were in 109. What was your impression of uh, of the atmosphere Saturday? I I was I was there the whole time. I wasn't. I think I was in 109 for a few minutes. Right at the end, I kind of stood in the back, and the only reason I stood in the back there because it was very thin. Since I was uh, avoiding people and and doing a lot of sitting, um, since it was my first game back. Um, so. The atmosphere still sounded good, and I am usually, if I'm not working my camera, I'm in 109, and so I do get to move around and hear it, and the atmosphere didn't seem too much different than a normal game, especially in the beginning of the game. Beginning of the game was was quite loud, um, and I would say because I moved around a lot. I know there were some people complaining that uh, Orange County was was louder than we were. And there were a couple of times they were louder for their fans. But uh, for most part in the game, um, I we, we kept the noise up a little bit, but visually it was thin. It was definitely, we didn't have as many people in the section as as we normally do. I mean, Eric, you were there, right? I, I was What there, did you think? I, I'm in the front and I usually don't know what's going on behind me. So I just sit there and I yell my butt off. Um, sounded good to me. Sounded loud. I, I yelled at people a couple of times to kind of get them going a little bit more like Nick usually does. But I thought the volume was good. Um, but when I looked around, it, it did seem much thinner than normal. But I feel like we were pretty loud from what I could tell. But I, I didn't hear uh, Orange County at all from from where I was. So. I'm not not exactly sure about that. Well, they were loud uh, at the end. Um, it was whenever <clears throat> they were being loud, and we had to uh, kind of drum through their celebration uh, so that uh, w- we wouldn't hear their cheers. We just kept uh, kept playing uh, longer than usual. <clears throat> I, I'd like to bring up because. Uh... Dylan made a comment there that Folk Mob said it was just over 4,200. So that is is a little lower than what we would typically have on a Saturday night. By a thousand. By a thousand. Yeah. Hell, the Sunday did, afternoon it, game had it over 5K. Yeah. 
So I'm, no, I'm surprised, but I think, you know, it was, Dylan also has another comment and there was a bit of a perfect storm of lots of things. So we, we had several locals members that were out of town that weekend as well for things that had been planned long in advance. So between that and, and other events going on in the county, I thought that hurt us a little bit in terms of numbers. I can't but, believe uh, people have lives outside of this thing, man. What, <laughs> what are we doing here, folks? Speaking of which, I will not be uh, at the game tomorrow, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is a, a good joke, but it's also true. Um, uh, I don't know if we have any final thoughts on Orange County. I'd like to move on to, to Loudoun. Um, oh, I, you know what? We do need I, to mention our, our former uh, attacker, Thomas Among. That's where I was going to go to. I just wanted to say I, I did uh, appreciate the fact that he did not uh, celebrate. So that was class. I appreciated that, especially since it was at our end. So. Kudos to him for that. Uh, do kind of miss him. <clears throat> wish he was still scoring goals for us, but uh, class out, Thomas Mug. I wish him all the best. Just don't score any more goals against us, please. Well, I don't think he's been scoring <laughs> goals all year. This was like his best game uh, as a as an Orange County. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I agree. He he's. I only. I don't know. I'd have to double check, but I think he only had a few goals, couple goals coming in, um, and he'd done a lot of time coming off the bench in games. I don't know how many starts he's had this year. So he started this game and he, he was a handful, you know, and we've seen him. We had him here all last year. We know what he can do on the field. And he, he had some really good goals. He, he was their standout player and, and probably <clears throat> the difference in the game. It was kind oh, of poetic, absolutely. really. It was kind of poetic uh, in my opinion, because, um, yeah, he doesn't always show up and he doesn't uh he didn't always perform for loyal. Uh maybe that's part of the reason he's not here anymore, uh the inconsistency. Uh I think some of his health I injury issues played a part in some of that and I don't know what's affected him in Orange County. Um I'm on record that I don't watch any other teams, so I don't know you know what I'm talking about half the time. Um but I know that he hasn't been like a breakout star for them uh basically until until Saturday. And you know what? All that being said, I mean, you got to hand it to the guy. <laughs> I mean, he came out and he kicked our asses. Um, he did it with class. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to see him find success. Uh, and if it's against uh, his old team, then fine, fine. Uh, so be it. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> yeah, we can uh, move on now, Andrew. <laughs> now, wait, well, hold on, because All right. uh, I do want to bring it back. One more thing about this game. Evan Conway's goal. Oh. It's a shame yes. that uh, we did not get a better result in this match because uh, that goal deserves to be talked about and uh, on, you know, highlight replays and stuff because – what an incredible uh, bit of footwork, and then and then the finish uh, on that thing. I think he made up for uh, his uh, Dortmund match with that goal there. That was just a thing of beauty. Uh, made up for kind of falling all over himself in the Dortmund match at Snapdragon. But yeah, I mean, uh, I rewatched it because um, it was on the opposite end, obviously, um, and it was just beautiful, beautiful goal. Yeah, yeah, it really was. 
Yeah, uh, the, you know, from from behind the net, it it's kind of hard to tell because you just see uh, kind of the ball coming towards you and and it goes in and and you don't really appreciate the buildup as much. I think I feel like being on the end like that. Uh, but when I got home and watched it from the TV angle, uh, yeah, that was it was pretty pretty good. Um, so, uh, Luden, Loudon. What, what's a Loudon? Is that in England? Is that a suburb of London? No, that's London. Oh, L- Loudon. Loudon. Yes. I'm not Are you sure. asking where they're from? It's in. It's in. It's in Clear County. Sorry. Loud and clear. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> where uh, is it? Is this Connecticut? I think it's in the Virginia, cellar. I believe. I think it's in the cellar somewhere at the bottom of Virginia. Or oh, just the bottom of, of the USL. Maybe. Kind of near DC. Know. Oh, Hartford is the Connecticut team. Yeah, Hartford's oh, Connecticut. Wow, I really am lost. Oh, okay. Do we know anything about them? Have we even ever have we played them before in this in the USL? The only thing I know about them is Trey Muse was there for a, a minute. But that's about it. Yeah, I, I don't remember if we played them last year. They're sitting in, I think, second to the bottom. I think they're in 11th in the East right now. And they, in the power rankings that just came out, they had them dead last of the 24 teams. Um, well, there so you they're... have it, folks. Your uh, well-scouted scouting report on the Loyal Locals podca- <laughs> podcast. Uh, we don't even know what state this team is in uh, or country. Uh, we just know they're in last place. Um, I think we do have another show that delves much deeper into the tactical side of, of things, uh, which John can plug in a little bit. But it's kind of a trap game. I mean, uh was it last year, the year before, whenever we went into Tulsa, which was not considered a, a good team? I don't think they had a great record. And we went into this game. It was a weeknight game, an away game. We lost uh, to, to Tulsa. So um, coming off a loss, I am a little nervous about about this one. Uh, it does seem kind of like a trap game, um, especially it's Wednesday night. Uh attendance historically has not been great midweek um how are y'all feeling about it i'm not worried about it at all i think uh the loss actually uh probably will light a fire under our butts and i i'm predicting a five nil win from oil we're going to come out and show them what we got yeah that's that's big i loudon has surprised some teams this year they're they're haven't been consistent and they're clearly all around not as good uh, as a lot of the other teams, especially in the East. Um, but they do have what seems to be a, a more passionate fan base this year uh, now that they're not under the control of DC United in the same way because they were an affiliate with DC United, but now with MLS Next Pro and everything else, they're, they're kind of their own um, I don't know if they're truly independent, independent, but more independent than they were. Um, and they, from a couple of things I've seen, they got a pretty passionate fan base over there, which is good to see. Absolutely. We love to see that. But uh, I'm going to love even more when we smash them tomorrow night and uh, get all three points. <laughs> I I agree with Eric a little bit. I think the loss against Orange County 
we'll probably light a fire under them moving forward. And I hope it's, you know, less of a potential trap game because we're all bunched up in the West over there on this side. We have a couple games in hand. We got to make these games count to put us back in, you know, the, the two, three kind of position in the league instead of the four five, six position. So, uh, I, I expect, well, I always expect a victory. I mean, right. We said fan media, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. we always expect a victory, but I, I do think they'll win. Um, I also hope it's a chance to rotate a little bit because we do have Memphis on the weekend and they're sitting about the same table, the same place in the table over on the East as we yeah, are on the West. Great chance to and give they're, this they're new signing, Javi, uh, who got his first, his pro deal with Loyal, um, needing some of those first team minutes. So hopefully it is put away and, and he can get on the field and get some, get some minutes uh, with the first team. I right, think uh, Cor- nice. Corbin's hoping to see a Morgan Hack- Hackworth signing as well. I think so. Shout out Corbin. <laughs> get Morgan the, Hackworth the, out on the field. The, a start. The victory cigar, the human victory cigar or the, the towel, depending on the score line, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Wednesday, uh, what time is, is set up for those inclined to come and help set up? Uh, normally, like we do on weekdays, we push everything a little closer to kickoff. So setup's going to be at around 4 o'clock. So if you can come and help set up, I know we already have a point person. I think Brent is going to be there. I know Dylan said he's going to be there as well. So we do have some people showing up. If you can come out and help, that would be fantastic. So four o'clock meet at the circle right in front of the parking structure there on the west end of the stadium. The pregame, um, I'm guessing Coronado. I haven't heard anything different. And then usually that is, again, pushed back a little closer to five because a lot of people have to work on the weekdays. So it's rare that people can be there three hours before kickoff. So probably closer to five. And then the same normal things to start the match, 6.35-ish to meet at the fountain. And then after that, go and, um, sorry, get a little distracted. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. Do <laughs> you want to mute your mic? Oh. <laughs> so we have uh, meet at the fountain at 6.35 and then march. 640, 645, somewhere around there into the section into 109. And then I'm guessing a post game at O'Brien's afterwards, but it's a weeknight, so I'm not really sure. So if you're interested in doing that, check the Discord and and put some feelers out. I'm sure some other people will if they're heading over there, or if you're at the match, talk to people in 109. And then Sunday's match will be all our usual stuff seven o'clock kickoff. So three o'clock setup, four o'clock at Coronado. Same time for the March. So same same stuff for the most part for these two games. And hopefully we can get as many people out there as possible and, and get a win on these two games. Um, so who are we playing Saturday? We have this other game coming up on the weekend. Sorry. Yeah, Saturday's Memphis that we're playing. Is this the first time we play them this season? Yes. Uh the first time this season, I don't, again, I don't remember if we played them last year or not. Do you remember? I don't believe we have. And I, as far as I know, this is a team that uh, Tim Howard is an investor or owner in as well. And uh, 
think we have some news about him, maybe with the Always Loyal podcast uh, being a guest tomorrow, from what I've uh, heard on the interwebs. That that is the rumor, yes. One of the greatest oh. players of all time for the men's national team, in my opinion. Uh, I think he still holds the record for the most saves in a game uh, from that uh, match against Belgium, where Wondolowski missed a sitter and we should have advanced, but I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> of course not. So um, Memphis, uh, is it a good test for us? Uh, Eastern Conference team we're familiar with. Um Gosh, two Eastern teams uh, in the same week. Uh, how do you how do you prepare for uh, for opponents like this? Whenever you know, you know, you kind of get used to you know you, who you know. You play twice a year, but these teams that we only see the one time, um, I feel like it's really uh, a toss up, and we've seen mixed uh, results when we've gone back east to to play teams, right. even teams that um, are at the bottom of the league i believe miami um you know it took a a game winner at the end of the match to 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 take points off of that one um i mean pittsburgh beat us right so you know of these games of these teams that we don't have a lot of familiarity with uh make me pretty nervous i think they can be tougher especially when you have back-to-back east coast opponents and then you have, you know, a tight schedule, as you said, and we have some injuries and you're going to have to rotate. So it always can be interesting for what happens, you know, or how you choose to handle the match, I guess. So it's, it's, uh, it can be tricky. I, I, I can see, you know, why at times as fans, you get a little nervous because, because you don't know what you're what you're coming into necessarily on paper, you know, we, we should beat Loudon handily, but we've had our games, as you mentioned before, I, a couple years back, we played the Red Bulls too, and they were bottom of the table in the East and they beat us. Now they brought in Caden Clark for that. I was match, just going to say, yeah, that yeah. was an unfair advantage. <laughs> but even still, not- I, you know, we did not play as well and, um, we've had other times, as we all know, where we've done really well against strong teams and we have not done as well against teams lower in the table. You know, so I, I hope what Eric said earlier is true that after this loss to OC, they're gonna they're gonna want to bounce back on Wednesday and, and really prove something. Well, I think based on what Nate said after the match, um I I that's my feeling because I, I think he really understands that we as supporters and fans were extremely disappointed on the way that that match ended. And uh, we expect to, you know, not drop points at home. So hopefully he figures out what the heck happened and uh, we can move forward and, and continue our run back up the table. Well, Thomas Among happened. Yeah. There was a wrecking ball <laughs> at the top of their formation <laughs> and uh, we couldn't handle it. <laughs> I heard okay. if you put it, I heard if you put a knee in his back, that might do something, but I don't know. (laughs) Well, certainly don't uh, encourage that to our former, uh, our former. um, Just based on what I saw last year. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's go ahead and talk about some more fun things. John, I noticed you were wearing a new kit. Um, Tell me a little bit about the, uh, the kit you're wearing. 
I am wearing the new Pride and Joy kit that they released at the end of last week. Um, I was there early so I could pick one up in the stadium. I don't know. I haven't looked to see how many they have left. I know they were doing a very limited run of these. They did go on um, sale online. I, they... Yeah. I, I, I think like there was only lot. 400. 400 is the number that I heard. Oh, wow. That That is pretty limited. It's like the uh, goalkeeper jersey numbers. I did, yes. I did as well. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice kit. Very nice. Yeah, they did a, a good job. I think, you know, Pride Colors, Rainbow Colors is, I mean, it, it's a difficult design to design with these colors. You know, you don't want somebody looking, you know, like Rainbow Bright or whatever, but you want to, like, have the the Pride Colors. So I think the well, way that they... You don't want to hide it either, yeah. Right, right. You want to... You wanna, uh, you're doing it to honor and um, show respect uh, for the community and have them represented on the field. Um, but the way that they did it, I thought was um, just incredibly clever. Uh, I mean, and Charlie, and we should expect it from, from Charlie, right? Because they've, the challenges presented by whether it be our colors or our sponsors or whatever, um, each kit that they've made for Loyal has uh, come up with something a little unique to solve these problems and then also have like some creative design ideas in them. Even like the the kind of basic away kit from last season still had the 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 outline of the, the shoreline in, in the county. Um, and with this one, um, I, th I think it's the same topography on the, from last year's uh, home kit, the green, the green one, the Tory kit. Um, but the 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 topo lines have that the uh, the smattering of the rainbow colors, um, yeah, the color gradients through there, and, and of course the 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 collar having the the rainbow collar just uh, it came together really well, and um, a lot of people at the game obviously wearing the jerseys and they look good on everybody. Somebody in the Discord said they fit a little bigger than normal, so. Uh, I appreciated that when I put mine on. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they looked really good on the field as well. I thought all around. It's a it's a good design. It's it's one of my favorite. It's I think the Sampre Leal is might be my overall favorite. And I think this I mean that's gotta be, be the top. I mean this is a controversial take, but I think I think Sampre Leal is the top jersey we've had, you know, period. Uh, design wise, color wise, and also just wearability that that jersey kind of is very easy to wear. I'd say they are both top three, along with this one, in my opinion. About the well, yeah, and it's from last season. I, I'm one of those people who've always been screaming for Tory Green, and then I just said my top two kits don't even have Tory Green in them, but I do. I love the idea that we have the Tory Green colors, and I do love the Rocket League kit from last year, definitely. Those those yeah. are probably my top three. Yeah, I think for me, uh, it's it's definitely Simper Leal is at the top. Um, uh, the the Black Lives Matter kit from twenty twenty. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I know the, I think the crest is just a, a screen printed on there, which kind of diminishes the quality a little bit. But it's kind of not about that. Uh, the the green on the black really just looks super good, and I think of. All of the jerseys from 2020, the jerseys, the kits uh, from 2020, that's the one that I still see. 
Um, somebody did yeah. roll up in the white, the white one uh, at the game. I saw them, but uh, I do see the BLM jersey more than any of the other ones from 2020. People are still wearing those quite a bit, including me. Also, oh, a great kid. Spe- to go along with the uh, the jerseys, let me see if I can. Uh, We're getting into other sports get now. This, get this set up. Have you guys seen these jerseys that are? I, they're not available yet, are they? No, they, they gave it to soon, an they gave it to an influencer on uh, somebody that plays <laughs> on the Padres. A, a third sport, <laughs> not basketball or soccer, but baseball. Uh, for uh, uh, the debut of this of this jersey was uh, a, a picture that I saw from uh, I guess he was doing a post game interview or something, and he was wearing the uh, the loyal basketball kit. But this thing's super cool. Um, I think they're going to sell a lot of them. Yeah, I, I think they will be selling a lot of these. I am not a basketball jersey person. I will not be picking up one of these just because I don't wear basketball jerseys. Come on, the sun's out, guns out. Anything. Come on, John. Yeah. You gotta well, let the you know, skin cancer man wears long sleeves everywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do not do any of the tank top kind of things. But I think these look really good. It is it is a nice, it's a cool crossover. I have thing that they did. I, I like that quite a bit. And if I did wear those kind of tank top things, I'm sure I'd pick one up, but it's just, it's not a style of clothing that I wear. Yeah, it you definitely guys looks pick good. One <clears throat> um, I'm in the same boat as you. It's not really my my style, but I, I do appreciate it. It looks nice. Uh, it was cool to see Joe Musgrove uh, wearing it in the post-game interview, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm glad they are uh, kind of branching out on their merchandise to have more options for everybody. I'm definitely more of a t-shirt under the basketball jersey kind of guy. <laughs> the... Well, this is that Paul Naku says it's releasing maybe next weekend. And going on what you were saying, Dylan had put in, you know, wear your long sleeve UV shirt, which is what I do anyway with the loyal shirts and then put the tank on. I guess I could do that. <laughs> okay um so uh what else do we have to hit we've got um our merch we've got uh the setup schedule um any other e- supporter group uh related events we've got to hit uh shout outs deadlines coming up no there's just a, a remind well actually I'll, I'll do the all those reminders at the very end as we do some programming wrap-up stuff so that's that's most of what we needed in terms of supporter news i know there were a couple other things you wanted to get to before okay we, uh, where should we start since we where don't have we a start? lounge tonight eric you are the uh the third chair <laughs> for this uh episode so i'm going to let you pick the topic the topics are uh messy and mls or alexi lawless and the women's national team bounced out of the world cup where do we go first Oh, well, uh, let's go with, uh, let's go with Alexi Wallace and the U.S. Women's National Team, because I feel like that's a little bit more spicy probably than the messy MLS thing. <laughs> so, right. Um, and I, this game, wasn't it after the Loyal match, right? I, I stayed up. I don't know what I was thinking, but I stayed up to try to watch this game <laughs> at home. I mean, there were people at O'Brien's, you know, God bless him, uh, doing O'Brien's at 2 a.m. But the game started at 2 a.m. here. Um, 
and it was uh, scoreless through the the first half. Um, not the. I thought the first half we looked pretty good, and we had um, a lot of chances that just didn't go in, uh, or shots that didn't come together. You know, not getting the best shots. Um, but then I went to bed because uh, I was uh, very tired. It was uh, 3 a.m. So I did not see the second half, uh, but yes, they lost. Um, and yeah, uh, what a disappointing World Cup for the team that is uh, basically the Brazil of women's World Cup soccer. Yeah, I uh, also tried to stay up and did not make it to the end. Um, and was very disappointed when I woke up and saw the score uh, and learned that it came down to uh, millimeters uh, on a penalty uh who consequently uh, buried her PK. So I think she did all she could. Um, but yeah, just in the comments that Lawless and others made after the fact is uh, a little infuriating uh, to say the least. Well, there were clear like soccer reasons why the team underperformed, right? There were clear issues with the play on the field, but of course, Alexi Lawless and several other right-wing commentators seized on uh, because they all live, uh, you know, in 2016 or whatever, or, or whenever uh, Rapino was very vocally anti-Trump. I think that was the 2019. World Cup, where um, she, the team, and, and especially her, really made a point to express their displeasure <laughs> with uh, with Trump, and and uh, they've never forgotten that. And um, so, her uh, missing that PK and the team losing was just a big opportunity to uh, attack these women for everything from their political beliefs, from taking a stand on anything, from speaking out. Uh, that's the angle they took and uh that's the one that uh, alexi lawless also seemed to take saying that they isolated people with their political positions and all this stuff and this is really what you hear uh anytime athletes um say anything about anything more than the game they just played so um kind of predictable and um always disappointing yeah, it's, it's one of the things I said pre-show when we were talking is I'm I'm not an Alexi Lawless fan more because not for what he stands or doesn't stand for because he changes all the time. I dislike that he's just trying to stir the pot. And I think a lot of people think, great, it gets more eyeballs. You know, it certainly has kept Alexi Lawless relevant. So for him, I guess, great. You're doing what you need to do to stay relevant. I just, I don't care for it. I rarely listen to him unless, you know, I don't have any other options. I, I would rather have someone who had views I didn't agree with that kind of stuck to those things and, and said stuff. But what drives me crazy about Alexi Wallace is he just says things to stir the pot. And that, Oh yeah. And he was I, replying I just, to people and he's replying that. to replying to randos on Twitter. But I, I just, I can't give him much attention anymore. I just, especially in the last, I would say, five-ish years, maybe more than five years. It's just, I just kind of tune him out. It's just, so, it's just a pot stirrer. So I want to stir the pot a little bit. Uh, 
also on the topic of how just bad American soccer is, um, Alexi Lawless, and then we go to MLS, which um, if you haven't heard, uh, there's a player in MLS now, uh, Lionel Messi, who is uh, quite the draw for uh, fans of not MLS, <laughs> but uh, of him. Uh, so MLS, and I don't follow MLS, so bear with me here, but they're doing this tournament right now with Liga Mekis and uh, having these games with MLS teams against you know other MLS teams and Liga Mekis teams. And uh, that's where kind of Messi has been uh, playing. So for his first away match uh, since signing with uh, Miami, uh, was in FC Dallas, and I hadn't seen any of this on online. It, uh, I was told about it uh, Saturday, actually. But um, apparently, Dallas's supporter group—the the people who you know sit behind the goal and play the drums and go to every game and do all the chants and the songs and stuff—were uh, priced out of this League's Cup match um, because, for whatever reason. Not all supporters are season ticket holders. It's a little unclear, like how things went wrong between the club and the SG. But um, yeah, they basically had a home match against Inter Miami, and their stadium was full of Messi fans. And um, the supporter section for their club was not not a not a factor. Um, they they were basically priced out, and then tailgated and had a tv set up in the parking lot that's what they did yeah we're just such a class league that's how you treat your most devoted uh fans the people who do the most to support the team and bring the most authentic you know football culture into your stadium um makes sense that you would completely uh give them the heisman or uh, price them out of their section because you want to make a few extra bucks uh, with uh, the messy sideshow coming through town in your exhibition tournament in your exhibition league. Yeah, I think, and I want to be careful what I say here, because this is, I want to be clear, nothing, or my comments I'm about to make, nothing against directly our San Diego MLS team. I hope this ownership group connects with the community. I hope they do a good job. But MOS as a league in itself, just, and especially what's been happening lately, it, it's the reason I find it very difficult to watch MOS games in general or have a team to root for. And I know the leagues, this League's Cup tournament that they have going on is is not MOS directly, right? So there are some some other things at play for this tournament specifically that wouldn't happen if it was a regular MLS game, like what happened with the Dallas fans. But even still, they've suspended their league to do this tournament with Liga MAX, and it's just, you know, during the women's world cup, during the women's world cup, going against these games, this, this money grab and this, you know, now with the rumors that are flying around like crazy, like Mbappe and Neymar might be coming to the league. And it's just, it feels like, Andrew, something you said, I think it was in pre-show, like an exhibition showcase league rather than like 
well, let me back up. This is the way I talk about it. I feel like we're talking about MOS. We're not talking about regular individual teams, right? We're not talking about teams and clubs and representing communities. Everything about MLS is about MLS. And yes, everybody knows the structure and their single entity, but everything always comes back to the league. We always talk about as a league. We rarely talk about individual teams and their communities and what they are. We, we end up talking about major league soccer. And I think that's, that's what frustrates me about the league. I, I don't feel like for the MLS team that's coming here in San Diego, that San Diego will ever be number one for that ownership group because the league is always number one. That's what frustrates me. And it makes it very difficult for me to get behind anything that that team would do. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they do connect with, you know, for a lot of fans, but the league, everything, when we have the conversations is always MLS, 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 because that's the way it's structured, right? Everything's to benefit MLS. And I think that's my frustration also with U.S. soccer. I think we tend to equate MLS with soccer in general in the United States. And it's not, it's just one part of soccer in the United States. Anyway, get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, <clears throat> no, it's it's completely. I mean, with this the Messi circus coming to town, um, and the way he's dominating teams, it, it really does have a Harlem Globetrotters feel, where you're watching exhibition soccer when they come through. Um, the league doesn't feel. Oh, it's competitive. The players are are good, but it's not fair, right? Like one team has Messi and the entire league has to help pay that salary, right? It's, it's not, it's not Miami paying Messi. It's the league paying him and the league is all the teams. So you are helping pay for another team's player to come into your building and kick your ass. Like it's just, there's just something fundamental. When we talk about like the spirit of, of the game, talk about the spirit of competition what it means to be a soccer fan or what it means to support a soccer team. And MLS just makes it very hard to, to reconcile that. I'd like maybe to switch gears just slightly here. Dylan had just posted this and, um, and this is true. We had a huge weekend this last weekend for lower division soccer. We had several national championships happen and Tulsa athletic who upset the Tulsa USL team, along the way. Uh, they just won the MPSL national final. And I think we had the UPSL national final and we had, um, God, what was the other one? Was it the league two final? Um, yeah. USL league two. USL. Yeah. So we had a whole bunch of other championships. And again, I know most people know where I stand and I know a lot of other people feel the same way. If we could ever get a true pyramid going, we have such passionate fan bases, thousands of people going to attend some of these matches. And most people in our country are completely unaware of, of what's going on because it's not at the very top, you know, and we have MLS teams that are drawing a few thousand people sometimes, right. If they're not doing so hot. So uh, thank and you that's why, for that reminder. I think that's a big part of the reason why you have uh soccer fans in this country i think more than more than they support mls teams they support teams in mexico and they support teams in europe and they support teams in england and that is where their soccer fandom energy is um 
MLS struggles to uh, emerge from its niche league kind of standing because of this this thing, the thing that motivates people to support a team. Um, they don't have it. They just it's it's it feels very artificial and it feels forced and it feels. It feels fake. It feels very, uh, you know, like exhibition soccer. And then this thing with Messi is just, I mean, it, it's the perfect example that uh, the people he's drawing into these buildings to watch these games aren't MLS fans. They're soccer fans who want to go and see Messi play, which hell, I'd like to see or, Messi play. Or just play. Messi fans, even. Like, right, just right. Messi fans. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um most popular player in in the world of course and it's just it, it just it's it you're doing it to elevate your league and you are elevating its visibility for sure and you're getting you've got this big apple deal which help you pay for messy um but when it comes to like the sporting competition you are undercutting your own uh, uh kind of prestige right like it's 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 unprestigious it's unserious it's it's yeah, I, I I don't want to go any further here with this as well. But and I would so much like MLS to be different. I would like to like it if the league was structured differently. It's not just hating MLS for MLS sake. It just I feel like it holds everything else back. They have such a stranglehold on US soccer. On what happens in the US with soccer. And that's that's my frustrating piece with MLS that I just I feel it holds everything up and I just almost wish that U S soccer would say, fine, MLS do your own thing. And then let's reorganize the rest of what we're doing in this country. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> All right. Um, wh what do we got? Um, you mentioned you had some programming notes for the end of the show. Um, what do people need to know? Okay. Now I gotta find it to make sure I don't miss anything. Okay, so if we had briefly alluded to it earlier in the episode, but if you don't want to listen to us as people who are just fans of the team and always take it from a, a loyal and locals perspective when we're talking about games and players, uh, Bums Breakdown did come out. There is an episode. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, the podcast feed hasn't gone out. I haven't had a chance to do it. I'll get that out after the show. So that Bums Breakdown will come out with this Loyal Locals podcast. But they have a, a double episode. They're previewing both the Loudon match on Wednesday and the Memphis match on Saturday. So if you want a more serious breakdown, analytical approach, go check that out with Bums Breakdown. Um, we didn't get a Locals last call last week. Uh, we will... I don't know if we're going to get any this week or not. Um, a little bit of a hang-up has been me not being available. And I had the equipment for doing that stuff. So we're going to see if we can work something out. I know Dylan and Max did uh, on their own a local's last call on a previous match. So I'm going to try to get in touch with those guys and see what we can work out so we can get those back on track moving forward. Next week, uh, there is that all well, that live um Always Loyal podcast with Landon Donovan that's going to happen on Tuesday night. That goes from 6 to 8, so that's going to impact our show a little bit. Our live Yeah, right recording. up against us. Right up against yeah, us. So, so we will probably push our show time back, kind of like we did tonight, back a little bit to 8.15 or 8.30 to make you sure know, that one finishes first. Who do they so think they can... are? 
you know, so coming up against here. coming oh, up against the big dogs in this uh, time slot. I'm, I'm, I'm so insulted. So in case there's uh, anything interesting to break down from that live podcast, uh, we'll we'll be going live pretty much right after that, and there might possibly be a lounge as well next week. I'm talking with a couple of people about a couple ideas. We might have a, a special focus topic for a lounge. If it's not next week, it'll be probably the week after. All right. Um, Eric, you have any, uh, any parting thoughts? Uh, just remember five nil versus Loudon, and then I'll go like three nil versus Memphis. And uh, we're going to get all six okay. points for the, those two games coming up. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> We got a visitor. Yeah, we got fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Special guest appearance by Dylan. All right. All right. John, uh, where can people find you? Uh, best place to find me is on Discord at John Cross. And I'm uh, also on Discord under my name, Andrew Dyer. Uh, find me on Twitter, Blue Sky. Uh, where else am I? Mastodon. Uh, LinkedIn um threads instagram you message me on facebook and i'll get back to you in two weeks when i check it i think that's about it hey um we'll um hope to see everybody uh well i won't see you wednesday sorry but saturday um at the match and i uh, hope you all make it out until next week all right.